Scott said about 60-year-olds. And um, unfortunately, my, my age uh, now begins with a four and uh, not a two or a three. Uh, but the good news is that uh, people tell you now that, that being 60 is the new 40. All right? That's, that's all it is. That's literally all it is. And uh, if, if you believe that, uh, you'll be 80 before you know it, right? Um, but it was a challenge, uh, yes, uh, last night. And, you know, the young ones look to the old ones. We look to you and we're very thankful for your um, testimony and faithfulness. Now, is, that, is that showing the uh, Open Door Baptist Church? Very good, very good. Let's just have a brief word of prayer. Father, thank you for this time. Pray that you would help and... And uh, just speak to our hearts, even through the uh, presentation. And uh, Lord, what you've done uh, down there in Melton. And Lord, we all have a mission field you've given to us. And so help us to be faithful to that uh, mission field. Uh, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. It's a real privilege to just to share uh, what God's doing in Melton. I'm a little nervous. I've never done this before. I've given a few verbal reports, but nothing with pictures and PowerPoints and things like that. So... Uh, here goes. I um, just want to introduce you to my family. Uh, that's me sitting with my wife, Katie. And uh, you'll see what I'm wearing around my, uh, around my neck. We're at, a, we're at an AFL game. And uh, I'm now a Richmond Tigers supporter. And uh, I, want to t- I, want to tell you how, I want to tell you how we came to be uh, a Tigers family. Um, when we moved down to Melbourne a few years ago, we had very little furniture. We had a bigger home and very little furniture, and so my wife and, and her mum uh, went to Ikea uh, in Richmond, in Richmond. And uh, I knew that Richmond uh, had, a, had a football team, and so uh, I started to warm towards Richmond. And uh, then some guys in our church took me to a Richmond versus Carlton game at the MCG, and Richmond lost. And I figured they needed more supporters. That was my, uh, that was my rationale. And uh, went to another game with uh, some other people, Richmond versus Fremantle. And we, we were winning until the very last minute when uh, Fremantle kicked a goal and uh, we lost again. Um, so that, that, that's why I follow Richmond. I try and get to a game every, uh, every now and then. Um, I don't know, I've got some... Is that... Uh, Can you see that little thing as well or not? No? Okay, I've got something on my screen. That's fine. Um, so, yeah, so my, that's my wife, Katie, married. Uh, oh, it's dropped out. Yeah. I'll fix it while you talk. Okay, yeah. <laughs> married 14 years. Uh, we have three sons. Uh, there is uh, Michael, uh, there is uh, Joey, and uh, finally there is Hudson. And uh, they are as thick as thieves. I, I asked my uh, first two yesterday if they were going to be good for their mummy when I was away. And uh, the oldest one said he would, and the middle one said he would try. <laughs> and we have a third, third son, Hudson. Uh, he'll, be, he'll be two uh, next month. He's a charmer. My uh, father-in-law says he's going to be a politician one day, because he can charm anyone. Um, but uh, if I could just go back for a moment to that other slide, I uh, graduated from Condor Park Bible College uh, back in 2005. 
I was a very slow learner, so I had to do another apprenticeship up in North Queensland for about seven and a half years, uh, assistant pastor uh, for most of those years, uh, was ordained up in Cairns, and uh, half the ordination council is here this morning, uh, and um, about a year or two after that, uh, the Lord began through various circumstances uh, to, um, to lead us down uh, to Melton, and it's not the most direct route going from Sydney to Cairns down to Melbourne. Uh, there's a lot faster ways to get there. Um, but that's how God uh, led us uh, through a variety of, uh, variety of ways. Uh, pastor Al Mitchell in Bendigo uh, knew the church down there in Melton. They were looking for a pastor and um, he uh, suggested my name to them. And, um, and uh, after candidating and visiting and a lot of praying, and uh, my wife and I had, had a real unity around moving down and uh, taking the church uh, down there. And uh, she is a wonderful helper in the ministry. She is uh, just gives unreserved service to the Lord. Uh, just a wonderful helper to me in the ministry. So uh, we moved down to Melton in uh, July uh, 2013. Um, you see there in uh, Elder in uh, school uniform. Uh, we, we have two Christian schools in Melton, one on sort of either side of the highway. And uh, we have people in our church that work at both schools. Well, they opened a, a Heathdale Christian College has a campus in Werribee. And uh, they opened another campus in Melton. So that's where our kids go. And uh, Katie teaches there maybe a day and a half a week, flute and piano, and some uh, classes at home. And so we're thankful for a, a school where we can send uh, our uh, children. It's, uh, it's died. It's not cooperating. I've got Apps family up here. Is that what you see? No, what do you see? Nothing. Nothing. Okay, good. This is uh, technology. Isn't technology. Yeah, great. Come <laughs> now, I do have notes here as well uh, that I'll. If, if you want to know where Melton is, it's uh, about 45 uh, minutes west of the city. Uh, so, has Melbourne come up yet on the screen? No? I'll keep... Uh, keep it's, it, it's on its way. So, it's there. Good. That, that's not Melton, by the way. That's Melbourne <laughs> um, in the city. So, uh, try and tell people, look, if you fly into the airport and uh, you want to get to Ballarat, Melton is about halfway between, you know, uh, Ballarat and... Uh, uh, and the city. Uh, Mel- it's, it's said that Mel- Melbourne is the most livable city in the world. They have these, you know, these um, uh, surveys, and every year Melbourne is like the most livable city. And, and the reason why is because uh, it's so cold that you feel really alive in the morning. Um, and so it's the most livable place to live because uh, you feel cold all the time. Uh, so that's why we win all the awards uh, every year. Okay. Next one, me. Good. I'll do it manually, actually. <laughs> okay. Melt the place. Melt the place. You've, uh, you've got that. Good. Yep. Um, that picture there is taken um, just, near the, just near the town square. Uh, we have a harness racing track, and, and that's what Melton is, is kind of known for. And I know you have some uh, racing tracks here as well, and uh, with that comes all the social problems that, that, that come with gambling and the lifestyle and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Melton's very young population. 
due to cheap housing and rental. Um, if you want to make money in Melton, you, uh, you're in the racing game or you open a tattoo shop, basically, if you want to make money. Um, I've been to take the kids down to swimming, take them to the shopping centre, and maybe every other guy is, is wearing lots of them. Lots of them. Uh, and so uh, I should start a, maybe a laser removal business uh, down the track to sort of support the ministry. Um, but, but, but it's anticipated that Melton's going to have substantial growth over the next 20 years. They're talking double, triple, um, because um, you know, essentially it's still you know, the great Aussie dream of a uh, new home on a, on a block is still somewhat alive in Melton. And so uh, we're getting young families that can stay, uh, people retiring, coming out to Melton and really not too far away uh, from uh, the city. Um, that beautiful building there is our library. When it comes up? Slow today. Slowly, yeah. You see that? Um, I, I joke that it was delivered to the wrong suburb. Uh, you know, it should have been sent to the east side or, you know, Turak or, you know, somewhere like that. Um, but what we have is, uh, you know, all, all levels of, of uh, government really pumping a lot of resources into Melton because of all the uh, sort of social challenges. And so this beautiful library has a cafe down below. I've had meetings there, you know, put some sermons together down there. Uh, it's just a really lovely uh, facility. And uh, not just a library, but also um, uh, just the new facility that I want to talk to you about a little bit later on. In terms of the history of uh, Melton. Um... <laughs> That's right. Um, it was started in September 1986 by uh, Don and Lola Winans, uh, Baptist Mid uh, missionaries. And um, they were there for about nine, ten years. They uh, then moved from Melton up to Craigieburn around there and have started another church. So they have two churches that... Um, that uh, they have uh, begun is there a, is that up yet? There's a there's a really nice sort of picture that is actually on the church website uh, when the church first milk, uh, met in in uh, a milk bar. That's where they had their where they had their services. Uh, later pastored by Dr. Doug Combs, who uh, taught at VVC, I believe, and uh, Brother Brendan Hocking. He was pastor about nine years. He's still in our church. He uh, stepped away a few years before I came along, and their neighbours, good friends. And uh, it's a real blessing to have them uh, still in the church and uh, serving, serving the Lord. And I commenced there uh, in July 2013. Um, just in terms of the old meeting place, um, I just got a couple of pictures. Does that come up now? Yep. Um, whenever I look at those pictures, I, I sort of break into a cold sweat. Um, when we first got there, that was where the church had met for a number of years. Um, there weren't a lot of... Uh, facilities that we could rent and so we had we had the scout hall and and next to it we had another little community hall probably smaller than this yeah uh, not very big at all where we'd have lunches and things and uh, the, the challenge was heating um, there was none <laughs> um, virtually no insulation uh, if it was hot it was it was terribly warm and uh, we, we had a bright idea of putting in inside these cafe heaters that you see sort of on the sidewalks and things. And uh, uh, the council said, you can't do that. Uh, so we went back to getting very, very cold, uh, you know, from sort of March till November in, uh, in Melbourne. And uh, so that was a difficult sort of thing. 
and um, you know I know that church is not a building and and all the rest of it but we we were losing families because it was often very dirty inside very unclean and um, it was becoming a bit of a negative and so um, about 18 months after we we, we arrived uh, we began praying for uh, somewhere else to meet and um, uh, you know uh, we, we, we prayed for it as a church we offered the scouts to try and renovate to insulate to put a new bathroom in to repaint I mean whatever we could to have something that was functional uh, where people would be uh, keen to invite their friends and things like that and uh, uh, that picture of the library back there uh, my wife was in the library one day and she saw an expression of interest form uh, for a new council uh, community centre uh, for, for groups wanting to hire the hall and uh, you know what it's like when when your wife has the good idea and uh she, she kept asking me, just you know, submit the form, you know, get it in. And I was a bit like the unjust judge in, in Luke's gospel that, you know, just, okay, I'll, I'll submit it. And I submitted the form about December 2014. Um, heard nothing over January. At around that time, the scouts had become a bit irritated with our request to renovate, to paint. And so they said, you've got a year to get out. Get out. So we had them t- telling us we're going. And um, we, we got an email in, in February from council uh, saying to us, uh, we have approved you for this new facility. Uh, you move in the first Sunday in March, <laughs> right? And uh, I, wrote, I rang back and said, look, that is awesome, but could we actually just look through it first? We haven't actually been in this. Is this going to even work? And so, so they said, sure. You know, you can come in and uh, have have a look. So, if you could put up the uh, the new slide, does that can you see the new slide? Not yet. I want to build some uh, build some suspense here. You're just going to have to visit Melton. You know, that's what you're going to have to do and see it for yourself. Um, so, look. Long long story short is that uh, the Lord has helped us to to move into a new community centre. Um, council spent maybe it was at least six million dollars building this place. It has all these childcare centres behind it, and in the front of the building is a nice big community area, kitchen, foyer, classrooms, things like that. Um, is that coming up just yet? So that's okay. Um, so we're able, we've been using that since um, for the last sort of eighteen months or so, um, and it's it's a very visible location that we have. You can see it now. Um, maybe forty car park spaces. Uh, there is uh, there is plenty of room, parking, new kitchen, foyer with the heating and cooling. I think the first year there they charged us maybe seven dollars fifty an hour. It was the same price as the scout hall and the other building put together. Um, and you know the first morning we got there, of course, you know we couldn't get in. You know the co- the passes weren't working, so we rang council and they came out and and it was fun just to everyone walk through those sliding doors, you know, together. And uh, to see what see what we could use. If we go to the next um, the uh, the meeting room, does that come up? Nope. Yep. <coughs> meeting room. Okay. Looks like there's church going on. Is that what it looks like? Oh, the reading. Is there reading. A, before that? Before then? Yeah, that one. Yep. Okay. So that was taken like last. That was taken last Sunday. Yeah, well, it would be if it came up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know why we're having so much trouble. That's all right. Let's go. Okay, it's 
That's okay. Um, he can't fix it either. That's right. So that's where we have our meeting room. And you'll, can you see those banners at the back? There's some banners with verses, right? Uh, Pastor Wally's son, Seth, designed those banners and the new logo. But we had those way before the new building. So we had these, these beautiful new banners and logo in green in a scout hall. So when we moved to the new facility, council had given us 90 new green chairs to, to use, and it actually fit perfectly with the logo. Um, so it looks like we'd got all that stuff after the building. Um, now, with varied use, that, that's the one with um, us having lunch. That, that, that's, that's proof we're a Baptist church, by the way. Um, I had to put that in to you know, remove any doubt. Um, so we can, we can use that for lunches. Uh, all the chairs and tables are on wheels and things, so it's easy to move stuff. It's not you know, bad on anyone's back. Um, with church leaders, other church leaders. You see two fellows there? Sorry. Nope. Okay, that's all right. Um, that's okay. No worries. Um, we have uh, two deacons at the moment, Paul Dronofsky and uh, Brother Glenn Pettifer. Uh, Paul and Maria, um, a great blessing. Paul was a pastor at the Slovakian Baptist Church for about 14 years. And uh, so he's been in our church for maybe about 10 years or so. And then we have Brother Glenn Pettifer. His family been very faithful in the church. Uh, Glenn is uh, Bible college trained. Did his, col- did his sem- college in, in South Australia. And he's a Christian school teacher at Melton Christian College. And so um, I have two deacons that um, are theologically trained and uh, have significant pastoral experience. And uh, hence, we're working through a process of would one or both want to be assistant pastors or you know, uh, that sort of thing. So that's what we're working through at the moment. We have some other men that um, are doing are deacons in every sense of the word, except they, you know, they have the, the, the office. And so I'm sort of nudging them to move towards that uh, uh, goal. And so we're working through some, some changes at, at the moment uh, with some other key church people. Yep, the court family. Uh, Linda's a, uh, she's a charter member. We had a 25th anniversary this year. She came to Christ first in the family. And then some years later, Steve did as well. They have three sons, all in Christ, all serving the Lord. Some are in Melton, some elsewhere. Uh, they do many things. I cannot keep up with them in terms of the sheer number of people that they have in their home that, that visit with them, that they have for meals, they take out to eat. Um, they're just a tremendous blessing. And um, uh, Steve is our treasurer. Steve's a funny sort of fellow because when I went to candidate for the church, he wanted to meet with me you know, and uh, wanted to talk to me and wanted to ask me questions. And uh, I answered the questions as honestly as I could. And... Uh, and then he said, you know what, Rob, he said, listen, he said, an orangutan would get this job. <laughs> so uh, he's, he's the sort of guy that keeps you humble, you know, uh, <laughs> regularly. Church ministries, moving right along. Um, we have uh, men's ministries. <laughs> we, we meet sort of eight, nine times a year for breakfast. Um, we try and work through some study guides on leadership, godly manhood, with a time of prayer, and the guys have been really lapping, lapping that up. That's been a lot of, lot of fun. Um, 
Next slide. Is that is that coming up? Next slide. No, nope. that's all right. That's okay. Um, women's ministries. Um, usually, we do a uh, do a Bible study every every fortnight. My wife leads leads that study, and um, we have some speakers during the year. We have a number of young adults, sort of twenties, thirties. They tr- sort of meet about once once a month. Um, we've started a teen Bible study for for Brendan's teens, and uh, they want to do Revelation. So. Great, let's do Revelation. Uh, so we've been doing doing that about once once a month uh, with with them. Is that photo come up? That's oh, okay. So um, uh, Brendan's kids were baptized earlier earlier this year, and uh, been encouragement and some other some other others having seen the baptisms are considering baptism themselves, and uh, you know that that, that that's a real uh, that's a real joy. Um, we have a seniors ministry too. Our seniors love to get together uh, each month. They have studies. They watch a Christian movie. They have afternoon tea. Their meetings are the longest in the church. Right? Um, they have special outings. They're very social. They like to go out for Christmas lunch and they like to, you know, get around and do stuff. And uh, you know, just for uh, our seniors love to study the Word of God. They they, they come to learn, and uh, it, it's just a real uh, real blessing. Um, the, the other slide, if, if it was up, is about Sunday school classes. Uh, we have an all-age Sunday school uh, class for all ages, and this would encourage Pastor uh, Davies, but we use the proteins material uh, for our classes. And uh, we had a family come to our church a year and a half ago, Ellie and Diana Condi, their two boys, Lucas Raphael, and uh, they found us on, on the internet. And before that, they had gone to a very large church. We're talking hundreds of people, hundreds of people. That, that have just built a massive building themselves. And uh, so they started coming to our church because it was closer to home. And the boys went to Linda Court's Sunday school class. And you've seen a picture of Linda. Linda uses proteins. And, and Linda's class involves doing the proteins lesson, having some colouring in, and you close in prayer and you go off to church. And, and, uh, and their kids went home and told their parents that this was the best Sunday school they'd ever been to. And that staggered me. Because... What happened in Sunday school was they got taught the Bible. <laughs> that I mean, that, that that that's what we do at Open Door. That's you know we, we have mastered simplicity in our ministries. <laughs> we try and teach the Bible, and and it really amazed me that um, that you have these other ministries, and, and I'm not sure what they're doing during church time, but um, but I'm thankful for the proteins ministry and, and all the materials that we use uh, we use regularly. Um, now there is another. There's another slide that um, that I'll show you the slides at morning tea. <laughs> uh, there, there's there's a picture that I did want you to see. We have a um, we have a city outreach ministry that uh, is run by Sister Kate Walker. Uh, the the Jacobs know Kate and Ann, and they want to send their greetings regards to you. Um, but uh, Katie goes into the city uh, with uh, with care packages, gospel tracts, and uh, gives out the gospel to the homeless people in, in the city. She has a real heart for the down and outers, you know. And, uh, you know, when we first came to Melton three years ago, um, I wasn't sure if Katie was going to be in church by the end of the year. She was struggling big time. And uh, the Lord got hold of her heart. She teaches our kids Sunday school. She gets into the city, does outreach. Um, if, if there's a person that has changed radically in these three years, it's been Katie Walker. And so... Um, uh, Pray for her. Pray for her. Uh, pray for outreach. She's taken some mission teams out as, as she goes out into the into the city. But just to show the love of Christ in practical ways, um, special events 
Um, we had, we've had Brother Glenn Weeks come a couple of times, and he's been well received. Uh, he's done a great job. Visitors have come and brought their friends to hear him uh, speak, and we had some people uh, respond to the gospel this year, and so I'm, I'm following up with, with some of those people. Um, I have another slide here uh, called Sister Churches. Sister Churches. And, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the fears I had moving down to Melbourne was we'd be alone, no one to fellowship with. Um, when we were in uh, Cairns, we had a lot of times with Brother Wally and Tracy and others. I uh, remembered having pastors' fellowships at, get this, at Mission Beach, under a tree, on the sand, at Mission Beach. And I knew it was too good to be true, for me at least, for me at least. And, and so moving down to Melbourne was, was a bit scary. You know, is there going to be people that, that we can fellowship, mix with, that sort of thing? And uh, a particular church reached out to us, um, an Arabic church, Arabic Baptist church, uh, called The Way uh, Baptist Church in Coburg. Coburg is the Melbourne equivalent to Bankstown. Just, the, you know, all, all the nationalities and the cultures and the, and, and the spy shops, all that sort of stuff. And uh, so I met... Uh, Brother Jamil, when we first arrived, and um, he sent a letter to us saying, uh, Brother Rob, we're glad you're down here. We're going to pray for you and your church the whole month of August. I'd never met this guy. Never met him. But he reached out. And, and then he said, look, once you've settled in, can you come preach it over at Coburg? And, and they, um, they rent a, a church building. and they, only meet, they can only meet in the afternoon. But it's a really good facility. So they have their church Sunday afternoon. And uh, we'd organized a date in November to, to go. And then he said, look, would you bring your church with you? Right? Well, it was only a small church then, so you can, get, you can move our church in eight cars. Right? And, and then he said, well, would your whole church come over for dinner? We want to put dinner on for you. you know? um, and so uh, our whole church went over there. And uh, if you've had experienced Arabic hospitality, it, it, is, uh, beyond, it is beyond generous. It, it's ridiculous. It's, um, you know, you, you, you eat there, you take leftovers home for three or four days. That, that's literally what, what you do. Is that, is that up now? Oh, good. So that's, uh, I think, Pastor Jamil. Um, we do combined meetings from time to time. Uh, we send the Bob Jones team over there every year, and if I've got someone and he's got someone, we sort of switch over and things. Uh, so it works out really well. There's, there's another guy I wish I had a photo of. He's, he's, he's Jamil's right-hand man, uh, Brother Jacques Saba. Uh, Jacques uh, runs a mechanic shop uh, in Sunshine, um, has a great business there. And uh, before his salvation, he was, he was like a Lebanese SAS trooper. That's what his job was. And um, so I, hence I pay my bills on time when uh, he fixes my car. And uh, uh, Jacques has a ministry to customers. And uh, Jacques had a friend, in his, uh, another Christian mechanic, um, Chris, who lived in Melton. And so... Uh, Jacques told Chris to come to our church, and Chris had been in a lot of charismatic churches, and he got saved, but got sick of being told to give money, essentially. That was his gripe. He was just constantly being told to empty his pockets. And, uh, and so the problem was the first Sunday he came here, we had to talk about budgets. <laughs> uh, so I had to almost apologize to him, you know, the first Sunday he, he visited our church. Um, but Chris came along. Chris invited his friend Liz, Italian girl, to come. Liz, her parents, Mario, Josephine, Roman Catholic, started reading the Bible at home and realized there's something wrong with what they were learning. And so as a result of Brother Jacques, um, we've had all these people come, come to the church uh, in, in Melton. And, uh, you know, we, we're meeting with, 
Liz and her, her parents, they're, they're trying to see through Catholicism. They're, they're seeing Christ clearly. They just need to put their faith and trust in him. And, you know, even like literally Monday, Jacques rang me from his, from his work. There was a, a lady, single mum with a few kids in Melton. He said, you know, brother, can, you know, I've sent her over to you. Brother, Sister Katie's going to look after her. Told this woman, you know, Sister Katie will look after you over at Melton. So hopefully they might be coming uh, this morning. So uh, God's just surrounded us with people um, who um, have been a great help to us. Uh, just the church anniversary slide. Yep. You see that one? Yep. Um, we had founding pastor Don Winans come and share a testimony. And, um, you know, when you're only 25 years old, chances are the founding pastor is still alive. <laughs> right? If it's 50 years old, then he might be in glory. But uh, Don Winans was, was around and his wife Lola, they came. We had pastor Dave Zoof come and preach. I, I haven't got a photo of him because I was too busy listening. Uh, in, in the second row and it did a lot did a wonderful job and uh, had a rich time learning about Paul's prayers for the Ephesians uh, the uh, the next slide is we had a pastoral intern does that come up brother Nathan Murphy uh, Nathan uh, came and uh, was with us about June to August uh, this year uh, Nathan was part of last year's uh, Bob Jones uh, Australia team and uh, our paths just kept crossing for some reason. And uh, he had a lot of questions, wanted to learn, wanted to grow. He's uh, finishing a business degree. Is that, can you see that now? Business degree this year, and he wants to do seminary next year. And so I just felt that, that we ought to invite him back. And uh, Nathan's parents uh, are missionaries to the Apache Indians in Arizona. Uh, the mission was started by Nathan's grandmother. Uh, she was she was an unsaved woman carrying Nathan's dad. Her husband left her. So she's expecting a son. Her husband walks away. She's unsaved. And God's providence walks into a Baptist church, hears the gospel, gets saved, and uh, gets a burden for ministering to Indians. Think about that. And some key Christian men got behind her and, 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 and helped to get into some churches, and, and they got some support. And so Nathan's family run this ministry, Regeneration Reserve in Arizona. And so he's thinking about, you know, um, maybe coming back to Australia or just helping his parents, you know, third generation missionary. So he was a real delight to have in our home. He ministered at uh, Golden City, Alan Mitchell's church and Steve Shaw's church at Heritage Baptist Church. After eight weeks, I asked Nathan, what was the highlight of your trip? ministry highlights and stuff and he said that, that it was shooting kangaroos with Pastor Alan Mitchell <laughs> so uh, that, that's, that's what he took away from eight weeks you know, uh, with us um, did I skip some um, visiting speakers as well I skipped a few um, I had a picture of my father-in-law up the Camp Benai background George Matsko um, we had, uh, we had an old Indian evangelist, um, George Dawson. His brother Wilfred is in our church. Uh, George Dawson is, uh, is, is, an, is an evangelist in his 80s, has uh, ministered mainly in the Brethren Assemblies around India. And so he visited his brother and, 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 and our church and preached, uh, uh, you know, guy in his 80s preaching the Word of God. So that was really wonderful. Um, and there's another picture of an Asian family, Asian family, I think, uh, Brother Victor Ho, he's a church planter in Hong Kong. 
and I uh, met him in Singapore and he said, look, I'm going to be in Melbourne in two weeks' time. I said, fine, come and visit and tell us what, what you're up to. So uh, we've had a really good um, good influx of visitors coming through Melbourne. They love they love the livable city. You know, that's why they visit Melbourne. Uh, it's so livable. Um, if we could just go to the church camp. Church camp, there's a, just a, a photo that was taken last year. We have an annual um, church camp um, that... Uh, every September weekend, just before school holidays. And it's been the practice of the church to not have church on Sunday, just go away and we have our weekend you know, camp. And last year we did that. We had a family visit our church on the one Sunday that no one is there. No one's there. Brother Rohan and Sister Priya, their daughter Shana. Um, and uh, and he, he emailed me and said, you know, do you have a church or not? <laughs> yes, we do. And I, I, I felt so terrible that... that you know, he'd come and no one was there. So, you know, they've been coming since then, even though when they showed up the first time, no one's there. Uh, and they're coming to camp this year too, praise God. So every year we've had some new families come to uh, to camp. And so we have another camp coming in two weeks' time. Pray we have Kevin Curl coming, you know. So uh, pray for us as we get ready for Kevin uh, sharing uh, God's word. Um, just some, uh, I think, final slide. Prayer and praise points. Is that coming up? Prayer and praise points. Uh, it might sound strange. We worked hard on being a friendly church. <laughs> we worked hard on it, and um, and you know, having visitors is, is a privilege, and um, and uh, it's been a blessing to see people just move out of you know not welcoming people and and really being a, a welcoming church. We've had to work on that. And as I tell people, you know, people may not like the preaching. They, they may not understand why we do what we do, but they, you can't argue with love. You, everyone understands what love is and what friendliness is. They get that. And so uh, we're working on that. The facility has been a big blessing. Um, we have it on a yearly rental basis. Um, new visitors virtually every week because we're confident that we have a place to, to welcome people. And um, obviously we're not keeping them, all of them. If, if we kept one out of ten you'd have some solid growth every year virtually. Um, but that's okay. Um, so just pray pray for us. So I, I believe God's given us this so that we can grow. And uh, uh, we've had some, um, like I said, a lot of visitors, few stayers, few stayers. Um, theological liberalism is and pervasive charismatic influence in Melton. Um, we've had some people leave the, uh, another local church because of uh, the issue of biblical creationism. That issue has come up, and and uh, in, in one particular denomination, that's just not even an issue. It's just something that you just agree to disagree on. So, um, is Genesis one literal or not? Doesn't really matter. That, that's that's where they've arrived at. And so we've had some people come over uh, uh, for that. Um, and you know, I, we had probably over twenty churches in Melton, over twenty. And I've asked people that go to other churches that know the Lord, I've said, you know, how many, look, just preach the gospel. I just, that's all I want to know. And they said, look, very few. They're scratching their heads too. And so there's a great opportunity. We, we're, we're drawing people from all east, west, you name it, within about half hour, 45 minutes drive. And Rohan and Pri, who, who came, were, they moved to Werribee. They moved from the east to the west so they could buy their first home as a young, young family. And they just figured that they would find a church in Werribee has loads of churches. They just figured you move there, there's going to be a church. But there wasn't. There wasn't. So they're sort of driving half an hour to, to come over. So there's a lot of opportunity. Local church means something different in, in, in urban areas. Local church is maybe 45 minutes drive in. Um, 
but that's sort of what we're that's the challenge too if people are a long way away you don't always see a lot of them you know during the week um maybe a church building of our own da- uh, of our own one day it's um it's not yet in the millions to build something in melton not yet it's probably going to get there so i still think there is a there is an avenue um pray that pray that people would understand why we do what we do um you know why do we have church this way why do we have reverent worship why do we emphasize bible preaching and a lot of people like it but don't really understand why and so that takes some time to to teach um pray for our men to love and lead their families that's a real big one uh that they would love and lead their families and so uh that's something i try and model and try try and emphasize uh men are more and more passive these days because society is passive men don't know what their roles are anymore and so that infects the church and so men not wanting to step up and step forward. And so we've got to pray for that. And, you know, more leaders. We're looking at maybe Paul and Glenn moving into pastoral roles and others moving as, uh, in as deacons. Pray for our young adults. They need uh, need uh, marriage partners, some of them. Uh, there's, there's Brother Glenn, who uh, is our deacon, and um, he has a good job. He has a nice house. Um, There's just one thing missing. <laughs> but I've tried to help him. I really have. Um, but, and I've said to them, look, you know, you've waited this long. Don't mess it up now. You know, you, you don't wait this long and then blow it. And, uh, you know, there's a tinge of sadness there because we've had a number of young adults that made those sort of choices and they've left. And we've had a, quite a few young adults weigh up things. And they've said, I don't want that. I'm not going to throw my life away like they did. And so that's been a real purifying thing for our church to, you know, literally to, uh, to go through. Um, church website invitations, invitation cards. I, I meant to bring a, a bunch, but we had some, we had like postcard uh, quality uh, uh, cards with church logo on the back, ministries, contact numbers. And um, we've done letterboxing and people have showed up six months after they got this card and you know they're using it for their coffee mugs they're using it for their fridge whatever they're doing but they're not throwing them away that's 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 the thing and so uh it was very uh and that came from gifts from the way from the way baptist church our arabic friends who gave us some money and things so we use that for for some materials so that's been really big um we've had a new church website which says what we are and has sermons and uh, that is that's been a, a good thing we had a friend swing around Melton and take pictures of iconic Melton you know, sites. And so it's got, a, it's got a good local feel to the website. And so we've had people coming uh, as, uh, as a result of that. And, you know, finally just praying for endurance, faithfulness to God's word. That's what we want to be. Um, you know, putting this presentation together today has just reminded me of what, what God has done. You know, often you get discouraged what you'd like God to do or what he hasn't done yet and but we've got to focus on what God has done and what he's promised to do for us. So I uh, just would appreciate your, uh, your prayers uh, along uh, those lines. Um, and I'm, I'll take questions later on, but I have five minutes. I told Sam I'd be finished at 10.15. If you could go over to 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 Thessalonians 4, and um, just, just want to spend a couple of moments uh, looking at that. A little while ago, we looked at the uh, one 
and other passages in, in Scripture as we welcome some new members. And uh, you're aware of John 13 where Jesus said that, uh, that, that, that this is how all men know that you're my disciples, uh, if ye have love one to another. And uh, if you want to know what loving one another is, uh, you look at the rest of the New Testament and you look at all of the other one another verses. That's what loving one another is. You, you look at what we are to do, what we're not to do. Let me just read a few. Wash one another's feet, be devoted to one another, accept one another, greet one another, serve one another, bear with one another, forgive, submit to one another, pray for one another, encourage one another, confess your sins to one another, offer hospitality to one another. Don't become conceited, envying one another. Don't lie to one another. Don't complain against each other. And so all of those one another verses explain what to love one another means, in essence. It's been said that 44% of what Paul wrote deals with how we relate to each other. 4% deal with spiritual gifts. Almost half of what Paul writes is about how we to relate to each other. A few percent deals with the giftedness issues. With that in mind, with that in mind, go to 1 Thessalonians 4 and have a look at verse 9. Because uh, Paul says that in verse 9 he says, But as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you. For ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. Now Jesus in, in John 13 said, this is how people are going to know that you belong to me. I'm going to give you a new commandment, love each other. And then years later, Paul says, you don't even need me to write this to you. I don't even need, in a sense, to, to say this to you because he says, you've been taught of God to love one another. I don't believe Paul's talking about John 13, Christ's new commandment. Paul's talking about something internal. Something internal. Uh, what happens between John 13 and 1 Thessalonians 4? Well, Pentecost occurs. The Spirit of God comes down. Romans 5, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, right? You become a Christian, you have the love of God within. And Paul says, this loving one another has become almost an automatic reaction. You didn't need me to tell you this. You've been taught by God that you are to love each other. You know, it ought to be more difficult for us to withhold love than to give love. We ought, we ought to be fighting against our conscience, fighting against our hearts when we refuse to extend love to each other. It ought to be that hard. It ought to be like going up a hill in, in, in refusing to love. Well, so why does Paul repeat this? Look at verse 10. He says, And ye indeed do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia, but we beseech you, we urge you. This is what Paul's getting at. He says, but we urge you, we beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more and more. That's the point Paul wants to make. You know you're to love each other. Well, I want you to do it more 
And when you've done it more, do it even more. That's what he's saying. It's late August. Uh, how would you rate your loving the brethren here for this year? Out of ten. You don't have to tell me. Uh, well, if you're a five out of ten, then the next six months ought to be six out of ten. And, 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 and next year ought to be seven, and the year after should be eight, and then nine and ten, and then it, it, it ought to increase. That's the, the sense that Paul is getting at. Our love ought to be increasing. And I've challenged our church. We ought to be more loving this time next year. More loving. Not as loving, but more than how we've been doing the last 12 months. Let me finish with this quote written by a fellow who, uh, who uh, wrote an article called The One and Others I Can't Find in the New Testament. Humble one another. Scrutinize one another. Pressure one another. Corner one another. Interrupt one another. Defeat one another. Disapprove of one another. Run one another's lives. Confess one another's sins. Intensify one another's sufferings. Point out one another's failings. <laughs> list goes on. And then, uh, love is not like that. But think about this today. Uh, is our love for each other increasing? Is it increasing? Because that's what Christ expects. And when he gives you the Holy Spirit, the unending source of love, we have those resources, do we not, to increase our love for each other.